First of all, we begin by humbly thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by showing our gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us with this unique opportunity to congregate in His house on the best of days to worship Him, to glorify Him and to send salutations upon His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and we pray that Allah azza wa jal will continue to facilitate such opportunities for us in the future. Over the last couple of weeks, in the Jummah Khutbahs, I've been discussing and talking about the rights and the obligations, the rights that the children have over the parents and the obligations that the parents have uh, over their children. Uh, we're talking about raising children in a society where uh, morally and ethically it's is becoming extremely difficult. We spoke about how the society is not really that conducive to a religious, a proper Islamic religious upbringing for the children. And that, just, that doesn't just include any non-Muslim societies or non-Muslim communities that you may live in. Even in Muslim communities, it's becoming increasingly difficult to raise children up in accordance with the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of His Noble Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We spoke about the difficulties in, the, in not only the upbringing which the Prophet ﷺ said that the best thing that a man can give to his child is a good name and good manners, a good upbringing. That good upbringing is becoming uh, more and more difficult as, uh, as the days go by. We also spoke about the, the problems when it comes to imbuing uh, the religion within the heart of the children. How difficult it's becoming. You know, uh, Iman is being taken out of our children's hearts and we're not doing enough to inculcate that concept of La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah is becoming more and more difficult for us. We try to look at some of the problems that are affecting our communities and try to offer some tenable solutions. And since I spent around two or maybe I think two and a half weeks it was, of khutbahs dedicated to this particular topic, I came across a brother uh, at the end of the khutbah last week who says, I think, Imam Sahib, I think it's, uh, it's time that uh, instead of talking about, we, we've heard a lot about our responsibilities as parents and what our children are deserving of and how they need our, uh, what rights they have over us. But I think it's important that you highlight some of their obligations towards us and our rights over them because that's something that as time goes by and as society becomes more uh, uh, you know more westernized or more cultural 
you know, and it's becoming more and more apparent that that respect and that level of honoring that Islam teaches us, that level of love and compassion that we're, we're supposed to show to our parents, that's beginning to drop. And I wholeheartedly agreed with that man. I said, absolutely, it's true. Just like, look, we've always stated that society is crumbling because the institutions um, that our societies and our communities are built upon, those institutions are crumbling. The family sphere, uh, the family life is crumbling. Why? Because I, I, I spoke about it in the last couple of weeks, that marriage is becoming uncommon. Divorce is far too common. Almost more than half of all marriages are ending up in divorce. Divorce rates are rising, marriage rates are lowering. What is that resulting in? It's resulting in nearly half of all children being born, approximately 45% of all children being born out of wedlock. Single parent families making it more and more difficult. The father doesn't want to be involved in the raising of that child. And it's making it more and more difficult for those children to be raised in accordance with the, uh, the traditions of Islam, if, those, if they are Muslims at all. So it's imperative that we, we, we discuss and we talk about some of these issues. And as, that, as our family structure begins to crumble, we see the effects of what the Prophet warned us about 1400 years ago. And it's a sign of the end of times. In the verse that I recited before you, and I'm going to, that's why I introduced it. It took me about 10 minutes to introduce the actual topic that we're going to talk, talk about today. Um, I'm going to focus more upon the rights and the obligations of parents um, and uh, how as children we need to ensure that we keep this tradition, uh, not only our religious tradition but this cultural tradition of looking after and taking care of our, of our parents alive and not only looking after them. You see, respecting and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَنْ لَا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّاهُ وَبِالْوَالِدِينِ إِحْسَانًا and that your Lord has decreed that you worship none but Him. So in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts off by inculcating the concept of La ilaha illallah. Your Lord has decreed. He's made it certain. He's testified to it. And He's urging you to do the same, that you worship no one but Him. Tawheed, the oneness of God which is the most, the one single, most absolute truth in this universe. La ilaha illallah, that there is no God except Allah. That's the single most ultimate truth. After you've inculcated that concept within your hearts, you believe in that wholeheartedly. And then show kindness to your parents. So it's as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying in this verse, after God, show kindness to your parents. After Allah, your parents. So it's imperative that we understand the magnitude of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to us and the words that he is using. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on to say, إِمَّا يَبْلُغَنَّ إِنَّكَ الْكِبَرَ أَحَدُهُمَا أَوْ كِلَاهُمَا فَلَا تَكُلْ لَهُمَا أُفٍّ وَلَا تَنْحَرْهُمَا وَقُلْ لَهُمَا قَوْلٍ كَرِيمًا صَدَقَ اللَّهُ الْعَلِيمِ الْعَظِيمِ 
And if either one of them or both of them attain old age in your lifetime, say not to them a single word of disrespect. Don't even say oof to them. And oofing is an exclamation of dissatisfaction. It doesn't necessarily have to be the word oof. It's any exclamation that denotes your dissatisfaction with your parents or any type of disrespect towards your parents. Do not even shout, never shout at them. But instead say to them, uh, or address them in terms of honor and talk to them with honorable speech. You see, what was the need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to talk about this if this was never going to be an issue or if this never was an issue? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He mentions something in the Quran, why do we as Muslims believe that the Quran is our first source of guidance? Our primary source of guidance. And that when the Quran says something, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says something in the Quran, then that becomes an automatic obligation for us to follow. Why do we believe that? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's words are binding. Anything that he says in the Quran is of utmost importance. And in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, and that shows us that this is, it, it signifies the severity of the issue. Your Lord has decreed that you worship none but Him. So He talks about His Tawheed and His oneness first, the absolute ultimate truth that is Allah is one. Then, وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا And then show kindness to your parents. It's so important that if one of them or both of them attain old age in your lifetime, don't shout at them and do not make a single statement of disrespect towards them. But instead, talk to them or address them with absolute honor. That's what this verse of the Quran of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. Fifteen times parents are mentioned in the Quran and almost Almost every time that parents are mentioned, they are, they're mentioned after the Tawheed and the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Again, signifying the, the uh, importance of the rank that they hold in our life. That's considerably more than children are mentioned, what we've been talking about over the last two or three weeks. So the first thing that we need to understand before anything else is that the Quran has honored our parents the noble ahadith, and we're going to get to some of them, have honored the parents, and the respect and honor for our parents is, a, is, is taken from uh, the noble Quran and the sunnah of the Prophet It's explicit in that. The first thing that we need to mention and to talk about is how we must talk to our parents. Because, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that in this verse of the Quran, فَلَا if they've attained old age, Don't even say or utter a word of disrespect towards them. It shows us that this is something that happens. Otherwise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wouldn't have mentioned it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by mentioning it, is informing us that this is something that 
has happened or potentially will happen and become more commonplace, therefore, don't allow yourselves to fall into that. Don't even say a word of disrespect to them. Instead, talk to them kindly and treat them with honor. The Mufassirin in the uh, tafsir of this ayah say that, you know, this doesn't only refer to talking to them kindly and treating them with respect in terms of your, uh, your, your, uh, your voice by, just, by, by saying kind words to them. Even a look of resentment falls under uff here. Even looking at your parents with, with dishonor or with disrespect or with hatred in your eyes is totally khil- uh, going against this verse of the Quran which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is honoring the parents. In other because it's so important and because it's mentioned in the Quran, the primary source of, of, of faith and going against it is going against the direct command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Honoring parents can be considered or respecting them can be considered a form of worship also if the intention is to please Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because it's mentioned in the Quran and inshallah we're going to mention a, a few ahadith about that too. Now that we've mentioned or we've spoken about why we should honor them, why, we should, why they deserve our respect, let's consider some of the factors. Let's, let's appeal to our emotional and sensitive nature now, our nature as human beings. And let's consider the sacrifices that a parent makes for his or her child. Let's consider some of the sacrifices that a parent makes for the well-being of that child. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues the verse by reminding us that our parents are deserving of kindness because they raise their children with gentleness and often make great sacrifices for their well-being. In the verse of the Quran in Surah 17, in, uh, uh, verse 24, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And lower unto them the wing of submission and humility and then say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ordering you to make a dua for them and say, My Lord, have mercy upon them just as they brought me up when I was small. Just as they raised me when I was small. Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the word janahu dhul. Wing of, of, of humility, wing of mercy and humbleness. And it invokes the image of, you know, when you watch these... Uh, uh, documentaries and how the mother bird is tasked to take care of her egg from the very beginning, from the outset. You know, right? Stay there, protect it from all types of harm. She'd give her life gladly to protect that egg before the child is born, just like any mother would do for her child. Then, when that child is born, she's there, you know, ensuring that it's warm, making sure that it's in a, it's in a, it's in a climate where it can survive. Then, going around trying to find food, not to fill her own belly. Even, even birds, creatures, animals understand this, have this motherly instinct, right? It takes the food into its beak and then it comes all the way back to its nest, wherever it may go. And then it places that food inside the mouth 
of its children. So in any, you, you know, it's, it's universal, this concept of that motherly instinct, that motherly love that you have for your child. And we as human beings who have been given intellect and aql should understand this better than the animals, better than anybody else. If animals would do anything to protect, protect their children, then human beings would do so much more. So in exactly the same way, we need to understand that too. And it, it signifies the importance of honoring and respecting our parents because of the fact that they've done so much for us. You know, a person, you know, a person will love someone due to various reasons. You know, if I fall in love with someone, I will love them perhaps for their beauty. I will fall in love with someone perhaps because I can get something from them, right? Uh, I, can, I, can, I can go places with that person. I will love them. Oh, I love someone's mannerisms. That person inspires me. We can, you, we can have various... There are various reasons why you may fall in love with someone. Right? But never, never would you find anyone that you can fall in love with who has no relationship in terms of family, familial relationship, no relationship of the womb with you for no reason whatsoever. That doesn't happen. Is it possible for any one of you to just randomly just find someone in the street or randomly just hear about someone and say, I love them and I'll do anything to protect that person? No. There needs to be a reason why you fall in love with someone. A reason why you're willing to give your life up for someone. You know when we talk about Romeo and Juliet and, and, and Layla and Majnu and, and, and Majnu falling in love with this, with this woman. He fell in love with her for a reason, didn't he? He just didn't suddenly wake up one day and say, there's a woman called Layla and I'm in love with her. There was a reason why he fell in love with her. The only relationship in existence where love is unconditional irrespective of who that person is, how that person is, how that person behaves, is the love that a mother has for her child. It's unconditional, isn't it? Do you think that the mother, when she has that child in her belly, and before she gives birth, she's thinking to herself, well, you know what, if my child is like this and looks like this, and acts like this when it grows up, then I'm going to love this child. No, it's unconditional. Whatever you may think about someone else's child, that mother, for that mother, that child is a whole entire world. It could be possible that you may see people who you think are the worst of people. But if you were to ask that person's mother, that person's mother would say, this, this my child is the best thing that's ever happened to me. This is mine. And I will protect uh, uh, my child's uh, well-being and honor till the day I die. So that's one of the reasons that we have to ensure we understand why it's so important. It's unconditional that love that a mother and, or a father has for their child. And it's imperative that we understand the reasons why we need to, um, uh, 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 we, we need to ensure that we show respect and honor towards them. 
Another thing is that, this is the third thing, that it's one of the most rewarding acts in Islam. One of the most rewarding acts is to take care of your parents. In a hadith by Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Amr radiyallahu ta'ala and he reports that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Ridda al-Rabbi fi ridda al-Walid wa sakhatu al-Rabbi fi sakhat al-Walid that the pleasure of your Lord lies in the pleasure of your father and the displeasure of your Lord lies in the displeasure of your father. This basically means that if your father is happy with you then your Lord is happy with you. If your father is displeased with you then know that your Lord is displeased with you. Uh, the Muhaddithin state that if uh, a child passes away, uh, if, uh, if uh, a father passes away while he is displeased with his child, while he was unhappy because his child um, did not honor him and respect him the way he deserved to be honored and respected, then that child is ruined in this world and he's ruined in the Akhirah. Whereas on the other hand, even if the child was a sinner, was making mistakes, but the father was pleased with him, happy with him, then that, fa- then that child is going to gain the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this world, and he's going to gain the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his forgiveness in the hereafter. You know, nowadays it, it, it's becoming common, and this, my brothers and sisters who are getting up in age, may understand this. People are looking for more and more ways to find the fountain of youth, aren't they? People want to get, stay young for as long as they possibly can. And this is why there's this Arabic shayat saying, later shababa yaud, if only, if only youth would return. Right? That's one of the things that people desire most. We wish we could be 18 again, we wish we could be 19 or 20 again. And as you begin to get older and you begin to get wiser, you appreciate Suddenly, those youthful years that you had, where you had that youthful body and that youthful existence, and you thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for it. And people want to elongate and lengthen their lives and prolong their lives and live for as long as they possibly can. Allah subhanahu, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi has told us the secret. He's given us the fountain of youth. And it's not a, a special mixture, a serum that you drink or an... Or, or anything that you take, or any particular food that you eat. In the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu he said, Man barra walidayhi tubala, zad Allahu azza wa jalla fi umrihi. Whoever bliss, it belongs to someone who is dutiful towards his parents. Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah Almighty will prolong his life. You take care of your parents, you honor your parents, you've got the fountain of youth right there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will lengthen your life. In terms of the reward of just, imagine, imagine, listen to this hadith attentively. You have to, an act of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala carries a reward, right? An act of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it carries a reward. And an act of disobedience when it comes to worship is a particular action. You have to do something. Either you make a dua or you pray your nawafil, you recite the Quran, you give sadaqah, you give charity. You do something. It has to, a physical manifestation of that act results in its reward thereafter. But when it comes to your parents, even a look of honor, respect and dignity 
results in a reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And contrary to that, a look of resentment results in punishment. In a hadith reported by the Prophet, uh, in, reported by Sayyidina Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala, and he reports that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said that if a person looks with love, with admiration, with respect, and with honor towards his parents, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala writes a reward in his favor equal to the performance of one hajj. Just looking at them with honor, with respect, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala writes a reward in his favor equal to one hajj. And then someone asked one of the companions who wanted, the companions always wanted to find ways in which to increase their reward, increase their good acts. So one of the companions said, Ya Rasulullah, will this promise be good? I.e., does this promise still stand if one were to look at his parents a hundred times a day with honor, with respect? And the Prophet replied that even if a person does so a hundred thousand times a day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give the reward accordingly. Companion said, what if I was to look at my parents a hundred times a day with respect, with honor? Would I get the reward of one hundred hajj? And the Prophet said, not only a hundred, if you were to look at your parents a hundred thousand times a day, with honor and with respect, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you the reward according to that. A hundred thousand hajj will, will be rewarded in your favor. Hajj is one of the most rewarding acts in Islam. It requires one of the most greatest sacrifices. Sacrifice of wealth. You need to be of, of, of physical ability to perform the hajj. Everything needs to go in your favor. And then once you've completed your hajj, what did the Prophet say about your sins? It'd be like a, the day that your, your mother gave birth to you. You'd be cleansed of your sins. This is the reward that a person would get just by looking at his parents with honor and with respect. In exactly the same way, and I'm going to go through this very quickly because there's a couple of minutes remaining, to oppose, to disrespect, to dishonor your parents is the height of ignorance and a sign of the end of times and is considered amongst the worst of sin. Uh, uh, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhumah, he reports that Buka'ul walidaini min al-uquqi wal kabair. Ibn Umar said that making parents weep is a sign of disobedience and one of the major uh, wrong actions <coughs> by making them, by showing any form of disrespect to them. Sayyidina Abu Hurair radiallahu ta'ala anhu reports that he who severs the ties of kinship, he will never enter um, uh, Jannah, he will never go to paradise. The Prophet wasallam said that Allah delays the punishment of sins according to his will until the day of resurrection. So every deed that you have, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala delays the punishment for any sin that you've committed up until Yawmul Qiyamah. That's after that you're going to be punished for that sin, except for unkindness to parents. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hastens its punishment for the guilty one while he is still in this world and before his death. So if you're unkind and you show disrespect to your parents and you know this, you know people whose parents were never happy with them, who were unkind to their parents, who were not dutiful towards their parents and their parents passed away and their lives have been a misery. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises this for us. That if you, if you disrespect them and dishonor them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring about your punishment in this world before it comes to the hereafter. Sayyidina Umar ibn Abdul Aziz 
the second Umar, the Khalifa of Islam, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with him oneself. He said, do not befriend the one who is unkind to his parents. Once in a khutbah, he says, never ever befriend that person who was unkind to his parents. For how can he be kind to you while he is unkind to his parents? And how true is that statement? And this is something that we, we, we find because we, we see this in our own lives. We see young children or even adult children who, are sh who have more love and honor their, their friends and their acquaintances more than they honor and they love their parents. You know? And it's unfortunate, but we, sh you know, Islam tells us that we have a, we're supposed to have a beautiful relationship with our wives. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But there are cases where people are love and honor and respect their wives, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. But in doing so, they are given preference of one over their parents. And we find it, you know, don't think that, you know, when we, we, we talk about it in our personal gatherings or perhaps at home, that, that it's, it's becoming more and more common for non-Muslims when, when their parents are to reach a certain age that, you know, they, they're going to hospices and old, old people's home and, and they're taken care of away from their children and they don't get to see their children much. Don't just think it's a, it's a, Muslim, it's a problem that doesn't, doesn't affect Muslims. It does. And this is why Allah, it, it, it's a, a, an important issue. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions it in the Quran. That if either one of them attains old age, then don't even say a word of disrespect to them. Don't dishonor them. Don't shout at them. Treat them with honor. Treat them with respect. You know, a child, when you were a child, they honored you. They respected you. They took care of you. They didn't say, okay, well, you know what? Uh, we'll leave him to the services, perhaps. And then when the child is grown up, then we'll take him back when, when he can find and care for himself. No, they made sacrifices so that you were born, so that you were looked after. So you have to make those same types of sacrifices when they get older to care for them, to honor them. And there are so many ahadith that I wanted to mention, but I'm going to just leave with one, right? Um, and I want you to, to, to pay attention for this. A man, he... Uh, there was a young man who came to the Prophet Sallallahu complaining about his father. And, and he says, uh, he says, Ya Rasulullah, inna li malan wa waladan wa inna abi yuridu an yajtaha mali. That uh, I, have, I have wealth and I have children, I have responsibilities that I need to take care of. And, and my father, he's always asking me for money. He's always taking my money without my consent. He's making a complaint to the Prophet Sallallahu and the Prophet وسلم, said, well, go and call your father. And he went to call his father. And when he went to call his father, Angel Jibra'il, he came to the Prophet وسلم, during that period of time. And he said, Ya Rasulullah, when the father comes to you, ask him, what were you saying under your breath or in secret on your way here? Ask him that question. And the father was, because the father was muttering something, as he was making his way towards the Prophet And Angel Jibra'il said to the Prophet Ask him what he was muttering underneath his breath. And when he approached the Prophet The Prophet said to, to the father, Is it true? Is it true what your son is saying about you? 
that you're taking his wealth without his consent. And the father said, Ya Rasulullah, if only you knew what I'm using that money for. And the Prophet said, explain, tell us why you're taking his wealth. And he said, I'm using it to look after his, his aunt, my sister. And she's left without anybody, she has nobody to look after her. And where else am I putting it? Only in the place that I have to. I'm using it for other purposes too, to take care of his family and to, for his children. I'm not spending any of that money on myself. And the Prophet say, then asked him, said, look, leave that to one side, we'll get to that matter later. When you were on your way here, what, you, what were you muttering under your breath? What were you saying to yourself? And the father looked at the Prophet and said, Ya Rasulullah, I, was, I, I, I had composed, he was a poet, he said, I composed some words of poetry. And the Prophet said, say those words, say those couplets to me, let us hear them. And uh, it's, it's going to take me a minute, but I want you, I'm going to quickly give you a rough translation of that poem that he read to the Prophet He said, oh son, I nourished you when you were a baby and I looked after you in care as you grew up until you became an adolescent. You lived upon what I worked for and I strove and you sacrificed my body, my time and my wealth. And I sacrificed my body, my time and my wealth so that you may live healthy. Whenever a night passed you, when you were sick or ill or you coughed, I was the first to be up, carrying you and looking upon you with my heart, afraid if an atom or a little breeze would harm you in any way. I couldn't sleep while seeing you sick. Until you slept, then I slept. So my eyes would always overwhelm with tears, but you never knew. And when your family, when you finally reached the adulthood, which all my life I was anticipating, he's talking about marriage, when you finally got married, that type of adulthood. And looking forward to seeing you become that. Until you, you reach the day when I, when I have all my life anticipated in my heart to see you reach and rejoice, rejoice you gave me reward. And that reward was, was his children, i.e. the grandchildren. And your reward to me, your reciprocation to me, was harshness and frowning and mistreatment, as if I'm the one who owes you. The way you treated me is like what a neighbor would treat his neighbor. And I even wish that you have given me that. Now I wish you would, only, you, you would treat me the way you're supposed to treat your neighbor. And the Prophet wasallam he looked up at the father. And the father looked at the Prophet wasallam. The father is in tears. The companions report that the blessed beard of the Prophet wasallam is wet with tears listening to this poem from, from the father. From his emotion, the Prophet wasallam he grabbed the boy from his chest. He grabbed him from his chest and he... He put his hand on his chest and he shook him with one hand on his shoulder and another hand on his chest. He shook him and he said, Anta wa maluka li You and your wealth, you belong to your father. Learn that, understand that, how important your parents are to you. And it's imperative that we understand that too. Uh, inshallah, I'll be focusing on, on, on a different aspect of this from next week and some of our responsibilities towards them. But in terms of honoring and respecting our parents, talking to them in, in a nice and appropriate way, honoring them with our words, honoring them with our actions. If they are alive, take advantage of it now. Hasten to do those acts now, because by Allah, 
when it, when, it, when it gets too late, if your parents have passed away, that's when you're going to regret and you're going to say, well, I had, the, I had ample opportunities to look after them or to talk to them or to tell them that I loved them, to show them that I loved them and I never took those opportunities and then it's going to be too late. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give me and you the tawfiq and the ability to act upon the teachings of the Quran and the noble sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa akhirul da'wana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.